we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like for you to go with me into the New Testament, if you would, and open your Bible to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter number 13. If you are uh, just uh, joining us, we've been in a series, uh, a mini-series, we'll call it, a survey study of the book of Acts, looking at the priorities of the church. And uh, we have noted uh, that the first priority that we encounter in the book of Acts is the priority of our witness. And we looked at that priority under the heading, the witnessing church. <clears throat> if we're going to be faithful to the Lord and to keep the priorities that he has established for us, then we're going to be a witnessing church. That means all of us who know Christ, who uh, have trusted him as Savior, have experienced his grace and mercy and forgiveness, we all have a story to tell. And uh, may the Lord help us to be obedient to tell that story because there are people who have never heard that story that need to hear it. They're lost in their sin on their way to an eternity apart from God in a place called hell. And the Lord Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to bring sinners to himself. And so through the witnessing of the church, we are helping promote and preach and proclaim the message of the gospel. We can do that at home. We can do that at work. We can do that in the shops and in our neighborhood and community. The second priority that we came to was the priority of prayer in Acts chapter 1. And we looked at that priority under the heading, the praying church, the praying church. And if we're going to be the church that the Lord Jesus Christ desires for us to be, we know that we cannot be that unless we are a praying church. And then the third priority that we came to uh, in our study of the book of Acts was the priority of preaching. And uh, if we're going to fulfill all that God has called us to do, we must be a preaching church. And so we looked at that heading, uh, the heading of the preaching church. Well, this morning we come to Acts chapter number 13, and we'll conclude our, our study on the priorities of the church with uh, this message from Acts chapter 13 and verse number 1, as we see what I believe is the fourth priority established for us. I'd like for you to look there with me, Acts 13. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. 
Here in Acts chapter 13, we have the first missionaries who are commissioned and sent by a local New Testament church. And the Word of God tells us uh, that they, in verse number 3, laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Then we see also in verse number 4, so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed. And so I want to speak to you on this subject this morning, the sending church, the sending church. And as we examine the priorities of the church, we understand that a church that pleases God, a church that has uh, established the priorities that Christ has set for it, will always be a sending church, a church that has interest beyond its own four walls, a church that has interest beyond uh, its own community, but a church that has a heart for the world. And I want you to know that our God has a heart for the world. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's heart is a heart for all people in this world. He loves them. He gave his son to die for them and to save them. And God intends for everyone to hear the message of the gospel. And it is a responsibility of the church. It ought to be a priority of the church. And every believer that is a part of a local New Testament church, it ought to be our priority to help people be sent to all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. And so we'll examine this priority. We'll look at some things in this passage about the sending church. And I want you to note them with me. Look again, if you would, please, in verse number one. There were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Now, we don't have time to examine the lives of these men, but we find they're diverse. They're diverse in their ethnicity. They're diverse in their background. These are diverse men, and they are, they are ministering to the Lord. Look at verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord. That word ministered means to serve. In this particular context, it has to deal with public ministry. And, the, uh, and uh, the carrying out, if you would please, of a sacred office. These are men who were serving the Lord. And so as we examine this sending church, I want you to see that first of all, the sending church is a serving church. The sending church is a serving church. And if we as a church are going to fulfill God's priorities... That means that all of us who are part of the local New Testament church must find our place of service to the Lord in this church. They ministered. That means they served God. And as they served the Lord, God began to reveal His will to them. If you want to know God's will, let me tell you one of the best ways to know it is start serving God in your local church. Now, what do we find out about these men? We find out that they devoted themselves to the service of the Lord. I'd like for you to look with me, if you would, just one book over, well, actually two, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 
And I want you to have your Bible open and be ready to turn with me because there are several passages I would like to use and us to look at together as we think about this topic of service. Notice, if you would, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 15. Paul, as he's closing his letter to the Corinthians, uh, speaks in particular of the house of one named Stephanus. He said, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia. In other words, his family was reached with the gospel. One of the first families to be reached. And that they have addicted, notice that word, they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. He is saying of the household of Stephanus that his family, they loved the Lord. They were saved by Christ. They heard the gospel and they became a part of the church and they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. These were people who had a heart for God. They were devoted to the service of the Lord. And that is exactly what we find in the church at Antioch. Now, if we're going to devote ourselves to the service of Christ, then we have to exercise the gifts that God has given to us. I want you to go back with me, if you would, to the book of Romans. Just one book over now, to the book of Romans, chapter number 12. And the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is speaking to us concerning the church. And the church is portrayed for us here in this passage as a body, a functioning body. And all of us as individual members of a church, those of us who know the Lord, we are a part of that body, which means that we have a function and a role in the body. And as people who are a part of the body with a function and a role in the body, we have been empowered, we have been gifted by the Holy Spirit to fulfill our role. Now, I want you to look here in verse 4. He says, for as we have many members in one body. I want you to look at this congregation this morning. This auditorium is nearly full. Praise the Lord. And uh, there are many members here, but just one body. We had an 830 meeting. There were many members here, not quite as many as there are at 11, but they are part of this one body. We are all one body. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, a local, visible assembly of believers. Now, he says, for as we have many members, I'm a part of that, you are too, in one body, and all members have not the same office. We do not fulfill the same function. So we, verse 5, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing, according to the grace that is given to us. We, as members of the body, have gifts. And those gifts are different gifts. And they're given to us of the Spirit of God. Notice the gifts as he enumerates them here in verse 6. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. He's speaking to those who he has gifted to preach. All right? Then verse 7. Or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering. This term has to do with service and devotion to Christ. We all have a role that we serve. We heard the choir sing just a moment ago and how they encouraged us and how they strengthened us as they say. 
they were ministering to us. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. You know, God has put people in our church that just encourage people. They encourage fellow believers. Uh, that is their gift. Or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. We have people, now we all have a responsibility to give, but we have people who have a gift of giving. I mean, they just continue to give. They give of themselves. They find out there's a need. They're, they're there at your doorstep with a meal. Uh, they have a card that they're going to send to let you know they're praying for you. They're givers. They give of themselves. And may God help us to, to, to be uh, a church with that kind of a heart and that kind of desire. He says, he that ruleth with diligence. There are, are people in our church who have, who have been gifted for administration. And then he says, and he that showeth mercy. There are people who are full of mercy and uh, they are, are constantly seeking to help those in need. He said, he that showeth mercy, let him do it with cheerfulness. Verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Notice verse 11, would you please? Not slothful in business. What's slothful mean? It means don't be lazy, right? Don't be lazy. Don't be a lazy Christian. Serve the Lord. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You see, God has gifted us, and he intends for us to use those gifts. And I'm so thankful the choir used their gifts this morning, aren't you? As they sang of the great faithfulness of our God. I'm thankful for the ushers and the greeters, and I'm thankful for those who keep the building clean, and those who staff the nursery, and those who teach the Sunday school, and those who drive the buses and pick up the kids. And, and, and well, I'm thankful for all of those who are serving in our local New Testament church. I'm thankful for them, those who go out and witness and hand out gospel tracts, and those who encourage others who are in the hospital and write notes, or those who go and sit at the bedside of someone who is sick or is recovering, those who make visits to widows and shut-ins. I want to tell you, let me encourage you to exercise the gift that God has given to you. Do not neglect it, but exercise it. And if you're going to be devoted to Christ, then you're going to exercise that gift. It is a precious thing that God has done for you. So exercise the gift. And then let me say this, if you're devoted, if you're devoted to the service of the Lord, not only will you exercise the gift, but you will understand this, that that gift is for the edification of the church. So exercise the gift and edify the church. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 12. Would you note that in your notes or turn there with me uh, into your Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And verse number 12, even so ye, he says, <clears throat> for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts. Now, here's what we understand about the church at Corinth. They were zealous for spiritual gifts, but their motivation was not the proper motivation. Their motivation was to be seen of men. Their motivation was to get recognition. They wanted the gift that put them in the limelight, so to speak. And they wanted recognition. Well, you know, that's a part of our pride. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be recognized. We all like to be admired. Now, some people 
would rather not have that, but that, that desire is in our flesh. It's, it's pride and it's a sin. And he's saying to the church of Corinth, don't desire to promote yourself. In other words, here's what you should do. Instead of being desirous of zealous gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. This ought to be our motivation, to help the church, to see the church grow, to see the church advance. That ought to be our motivation with spiritual gifts. And I want to say this to you. When you and I do not exercise the gifts that God has given to us, we rob the church of edification and blessing that the church needs. So let me encourage you. God's put you on the team. He's put you on the team to fulfill a position. So by all means, let me encourage you to be obedient to the Lord and do what God has gifted you to do. Don't hold back. And so this church is a serving church. They were devoted to the service of the Lord, and then they developed the gifts that God gave them. They developed them. Look, sometimes we're not sure what our spiritual gifts are. In fact, when we all start serving the Lord, we're not sure what they are. Sometimes we think we have gifts that we don't have. For example, I don't have the gift of song. You know that, right? And I might go to Andrew and say, Andrew, I'd like to sing a special. And Andrew would listen to me sing and say, well, you know what? Maybe we need to do something a little different here. I need to find out what my gifts are. I need to exercise them. And as I exercise them, I'm going to learn what they are and I'm going to learn what they are not. And I can develop the gifts that God has given me. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, let me, let me read this for you. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6, Paul is writing to Timothy. And uh, this is his final letter to young Timothy who's pastoring the church in Ephesus. And Paul said, Wherefore, Timothy, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift. In other words, don't just let it remain stagnant. Exercise it and develop it. Stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Then notice what he says in verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. What keeps us from exercising the gifts that God has given us? We're afraid. We're fearful. We're afraid we'll, we'll blow it. We're afraid we'll be embarrassed. We're afraid that we'll make a mess. And that fear paralyzes us and prevents us oftentimes from exercising the gifts that God has given to us. For he said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. God will enable you to perform that which he's called you to do. And of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Here, here's what happens to others. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to bear the reproach of Christ. And so they sit on their gift and refuse to serve the Lord. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't neglect the gift that God has given you. Take every opportunity God has given you and serve him with your life. Devote yourself to the service of the Lord and develop the gift. There are people who have, they have a gift to sing and they ought to be in the choir. I'm sorry, you shouldn't be sitting there. You should be out in the choir singing for the glory of God. Can somebody say amen? That's pretty good preaching, even if I'm doing it, right? There are people who have gifts and they need to use the gifts. 
for the glory of God and the edification of the body of Christ. So may God help us. If we're going to be a sending church, we have to be a serving church. Then secondly, I want you to see that the sending church is a seeking church. As they're serving the Lord, they're also seeking the Lord. Look again in Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord, and what's the next word, church? Fasted. Then look in verse 3, and when they had fasted, and what's the next word? Pray. You see, these two terms, they, they, they're always together. They're like twins. Where you find one, you're going to find the other. There is fasting and prayer. What is fasting? Fasting is, is, is uh, neglecting or abstaining from our own personal needs, uh, in particular from food. We abstain from food. Fasting, then, is an act of humility. It's an act of submission. It's an act of self-denial that says to God, there are things more important to me than just me being satisfied, than me just being full. God, I'm empty. I'm emptying myself because I want to seek you. And fasting often gives us concentration in our prayer life. It shows God an earnestness and a seriousness, and it shows God a humility as we seek the Lord. And here's what the church was doing. They are serving God, and they're seeking God. And there were two men among them, Barnabas and Saul. They're listed among those ministers whose, God, who, whose heart the Lord had obviously touched. They were men who desired to take the message of the gospel beyond the church at Antioch and to carry that message into all the world. And as they were seeking God as a church and praying together about it, God revealed his will to them. And I want to say this to you, as Christians and as a church, we ought to be a praying church. We ought to be seeking God. And there ought to be special seasons where we seek God through prayer and fasting. Always seeking God through prayer, but special seasons where we're seeking God through prayer and fasting. Because we want the Lord to know that we're concerned about a lost world. By the way, the question this morning ought to be for us, are we concerned about a lost world? Are we concerned about the souls in Africa who've never heard the gospel? Are we concerned about the souls in the Middle East, blinded by Islam and never heard the gospel? Are we concerned about those souls? Are we concerned about those in South America and those in Europe and Russia and in China? Do we have a burden? Do we have a concern for the souls of lost men? Have you ever thought what it would be like in your life had you been born in another country? Had you been lied to? Had you been deceived? Had you been taught that there is no God? Would you not want someone to bring the message of the gospel to you? Would you not want to hear that you are a sinner and that there was a way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Would you not want to know that message? Absolutely, you would want to know that message. And it is the church responsibility and the churches alone to make sure that the message of the gospel gets to a lost and dying world. And it ought to concern us. It ought to burden us to the point where we get serious enough to seek God. And let me say that could start in your home, where moms and dads get serious enough about the souls of their children to begin to fast and pray. Where we get serious enough about the souls of our neighbors and, and the souls of those in our community, where we begin to fast and pray and seek God for their salvation.
I want you to know that the sending church is a seeking church. And then I want you to see thirdly that the sending church is a spirit-led church. The sending church is a spirit-led church. In verse number uh, two, the Bible says they fasted as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Notice what happens. The Holy Ghost said, God speaks to them. The Holy Ghost speaks to them. How did he speak to them? Well, did he speak to them audibly? No, he spoke to them in their heart. He gave direction. He gave confirmation to them concerning what they were praying about. He made it clear. He made it clear to all of them, not just to Saul and Barnabas. You see, Saul and Barnabas weren't freelancers. They just decided they're going to have a ministry and do what they want to do. They were under the authority of the local church. And as they all ministered, they all came to an agreement as the Spirit of God spoke to them and revealed to them Saul and Barnabas were the two to be sent. And so here we find a church that was a Spirit-led church. And as we endeavor to reach our community and to reach our world, may God help us to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Ghost. May the Holy Ghost speak clearly to us. And as we seek Him, we can be confident that He will speak to us and that He will lead us. And so the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. I have a purpose for Saul and for Barnabas beyond the ministry of this community and this church in Antioch, separate them for the work that I have called them to do. By the way, as we seek, uh, as we seek people to serve in ministry, uh, we need to seek the Lord and we need to be sensitive to the direction of the Holy Ghost. But we don't just take resumes and, and find out who's the most qualified or who's got the best educational opportunity. No, we need to seek the Lord and let the Spirit of God show us what He wants us to do. When we desire to build a building or move forward or start a new ministry, what do we want to ensure? We want to ensure that we have been seeking God and that the Spirit of God is leading us forward. And you need to be sure of that in your own life. And so we find here that the sending church is a serving church we ought to devote ourselves, dedicate ourselves to the service of the Lord, and we ought to develop the gifts that God has given to us, using them, not robbing God and God's people of our service. Then secondly, the sending church is a seeking church. Uh, we ought to seek God in seasons of prayer and fasting, and then the sending church is a spirit-led church. We listen to the Holy Ghost as He directs us, as He leads us, as He confirms in our hearts over and over again, that this is the path he has for us. And so the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Notice again, if you would please, in verse 3, And when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Verse 4, so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. I want to give you the fourth thought here and that is this, the sending church is a supporting church. The sending church is a supporting church. They had received the leadership of the Holy Ghost. They had been seeking the Lord in prayer. 
And so as they continued fasting and praying, having gotten clear direction, they laid their hands on them. Now, we know this phrase is used throughout the New Testament. Uh, we note that the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, in Acts chapter 8 uh, was transmitted uh, through the laying on of hands. We note that men were set apart for ministry through the laying on of hands. Acts chapter 6, those deacons, they laid their hands on them. Uh, a symbolic act, a spiritual act uh, that said these are the men that God has ordained. These are the people that God has called for this particular service. And therefore, we are lending our support and our commendation to these men. We are saying of these men that it is clear to us as a church that God has called them, God has equipped them and gifted them, and God has sent them on this missionary journey. That's what they did when they laid their hands on them. Uh, we see this uh, carried out in the ordaining of deacons, as I said, and also in the ordaining of pastors and also here in missionaries. They laid their hands on them. And then the Bible says they sent them away. Who sent them? Well, the Holy Ghost sent them. But the Holy Ghost sent them through the agency of a local New Testament church. I want to tell you that churches send missionaries. That's God's plan, that churches send missionaries. And as a church, we support missions, and we need to keep that as a priority of our church. I'm grateful for all that God is doing here in Hickory. I'm grateful for all that he's doing at Tabernacle Baptist, but God is interested in more than what's happening here. He's interested in all the world. Therefore, we ought to be interested in all the world, and we ought to be invested in all the world hearing the gospel. And so as God leads, as we serve the Lord, we'll see God call people and we'll see him send them, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll see him send them as missionaries across our world. John Phillips says, it is a church-centered, church-supported, and church-supervised endeavor. I'm talking about the work of missions. Let me read that again. It is church-centered. That's where it starts. It starts in the church. The Holy Ghost, working in concert with his church, calls people and then commissions them. And then they're sent. And then they're church-supported. That means the church needs to continue to support those who they've sent. How do we support them? Well, we can support them prayerfully. That's the greatest way we can support them. But Paul said, pray for us. Pray for us. That, that God would open a door, that God would, uh, that God would uh, shed the light into the hearts of those who are blinded in sin. He said, pray for us, and we have a responsibility to pray for our missionaries. And I want to challenge every member of the Tabernacle Baptist Church to get that missionary list, to take that prayer journal home, and begin to pray for your missionaries. In your Sunday school classes, when those letters are read, make sure you have a time of prayer and devotion. Make that a part of your prayer life. You know, oftentimes our prayer life gets stagnant, doesn't it? We say the same repeated phrases time and time again. Well, let's put some variety into it. Let's put some life into it. And let's pray for our missionaries. That's just one way we can do it. But we ought to pray for them. And we ought to read those letters. And we ought to pray specifically for God to answer 
those prayers. And then not only do we send them prayerful support, but we send them financial support. I mean, they have to, they have to go. And if they're going to go, they got to get there. And once they get there, they got to stay there, which means they got to live and they got to eat and they got to take care of their families. And how are they going to do that if we do not financially support them? And so we ought to have a heart for missions and we ought to pray for them and we ought to give. Now, in our church, we, we encourage every member to give to missions, faith promise mission giving. And everything that's given to faith promise mission giving goes to support the work of missions and to support our missionaries across the world. And I want to encourage you to be a part of that important work. Send them prayerful support. Send them financial support. Now, recently we had just a couple of missionaries with us. If you remember, Alan Sutphin, a missionary to Uganda that we support. And Alan showed us video and talked to us about converts and, and people who've been saved and their lives have been changed. We saw that. We heard their testimony. And I want you to know part of the reason that those people are saved is because churches like ours have invested in their eternity. We've invested. So we share in that reward. Larry Curtis was with us not too long ago, a missionary in Birmingham, England. And uh, in the video, there were testimonies of people who've come to Christ, really from all over the world. They're living in Birmingham, England, but from all over the world who have heard the message of the gospel and been saved, and their lives have been transformed by that powerful word of God. And I want you to know that you and I have had a partnership. We have a piece, a plant, a part of that, re that reward that uh, we will enjoy for all eternity. And so ascending church is a supporting church. And it ought to be important to us. It ought to be important to us that we see the gospel propagated, promoted, and proclaimed throughout all the world. That's ascending church. And if we're going to be responsible and we're going to be obedient, rather, and, and, and we're going to be in line with God's priorities for this church, then we're going to be ascending church. So as we conclude, let me just ask you a couple of questions. Are you serving? Is this a serving church? I believe it is. But are you serving in it? What is our unemployment rate around here? Yeah. Well, I'm talking in the context of the church. Probably higher than that. But it shouldn't be. Everybody has been called to serve. So let's serve the Lord. Are you serving the Lord? Are you, diverted, are you devoted, rather, to the service of Christ through your local church? You know, we live in a world of a lot of freelance Christians. I want to say this to you. The Lord Jesus established the church. And if you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to serve him through a local New Testament church. Are you developing this gift that God has given you? Or have you neglected it? Are you walking in disobedience? Or are you using the gift that God has given for you to use? Well, my friends, we're all going to stand in account give an account to God for this. Are you seeking the Lord? Are you concerned about his work? Are you concerned about the lost throughout this world who need Jesus? 
Are you willing to say like Paul did on the road to Damascus, Lord, <clears throat> what wilt thou have me to do? He has something for you to do. Will you do it? Are you supporting missionaries prayerfully? Are you praying for them? Do you take their needs serious? Are you praying for souls to be saved? Churches to be strengthened? Missionaries to be called? And are you giving? Are you supporting the work of missions through your faith promise offerings? May God help us to be a sending church. May God help us to keep the priorities that he's established. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.